podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. They could break here, Chelsea. This could be the moment. Frank Lampard for Chelsea. It's Carvalho to his right. Lampard for the title. Lampard, it's 2-0. It's Chelsea's championship. And 50 years of waiting have come to an end. Lampard comes out to Essien. Bleak as this. Welcome everyone to another episode of Chelsea Hour. I'm your host, Daniel Soft, and I'm joined by Jay. What are you saying, Jay? I'm all good, brother. How are you? I'm good. I got you on specifically. I messaged you. I think it made sense for you to come on. What I will say is, um, again, for me personally, and everybody's different, but there's this kind of like hive mind mentality with um, a lot of Chelsea fans where they think you have to think, you everyone has to think the same thing at the same time. Why do you rate this player? Um, you should like to be fair, when they say why do you rate this player, that's that's more curiosity in its purest form. A lot of times when people ask, they're not really asked in a curious fashion. They just believe you should believe what they believe. And I've I've <laughs> never been that way. You know what I'm saying? I've I've never been that way at all. And I welcome people with different opinions. I'm intrigued. I'm more intrigued about people when they've got an opinion that isn't following suit with everybody else. And that's why I got you on the the, the pod because I, I'm glad uh, when there's people that um, see things that other people don't see and that can articulate it. And you did articulate why you think, all right, cool. Porter should get some time. And I challenged you. I knew challenged you. Um, I, I even said, what happens if we lose next game? And we did lose the next game. Um, yeah, we did actually. Yeah, in a, in a kind of But you know, what? sometimes you kind of have to hang in there, and there seems to be a little light at the end of the tunnel. So, just to give you context, this is because you might be listening to this in 2027. Who knows? But this is just after Chelsea have uh, progressed the next round of Champions League because we beat the Yellow Submarine Dortmund or whatever they call themselves, some sort of yellow thing. Uh, <laughs> second leg, we're through. Um, and so this is your stage. This is your platform. This is your soapbox, Jay. Um, and so we'll hear Jay's thoughts on on the match and all of that type of stuff. But first, I just want to say, like, talk to me through kind of being one of the only people that's been back in Potter. What have people been saying to you um, because you've kind of stood behind Potter? Um, <laughs> I think... 
especially like during this rough patch that he's had with with like the whole two wins in well before obviously before Leeds and before Dortmund it was like I think it was like two in fourteen yeah and so some people are calling it like blind faith yeah some people are you know assuming that I'm trying to be edgy and and just go against the tide if you know what I'm saying like you, yeah. you sometimes get individuals that like to just be on the other side of the fence just generally because they feel like so many other people are following so they just go the other way like not for me obviously none none of the, none of it's like that like it's not blind faith like I've seen Potter here with with Brighton I've seen um what I think is a good coach do you know what I mean like I, and that's I tweeted that ages ago and I said my first initial thoughts about Potter was that he was a good coach like that is my general opinion on him Forget about whether he's Chelsea manager or Brighton manager, whatever. My my initial opinion on him since I've watched him in the league is that he's mm-hmm. a good coach and that probably has potential to get better. Mm-hmm. Now, that's that's basically my view on him. So that's where all of this kind of support for Potter at Chelsea comes from. And obviously there's extra support because he now he now manages my like mm-hmm. the football club that I dearly love. Do you know what I mean? So it's like obviously I want him to do well here as well. Yeah. But yeah, that's what it's been like. Okay. Basically, just like not abuse because I don't think I've been getting abuse about it. But well, but like in terms of just I, yeah, questioned a lot. And you know what it is? It's I think it's okay to kind of question. I just feel like sometimes the tone of the question when it's dismissive. If you're coming to someone curious, then you're coming with a listening ear, and you're not trying to always shout them down. Do you know what I mean? And yeah, I feel fact. like when people say, "Oh, you're just doing that to be edgy," half the time. Like, I don't understand when people focus on the motivation of other people. Do you know what I'm saying? Just focus on the point. If they're deluded, you don't have to worry about why they're deluded. You can, they're deluded. <laughs> do you know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, it's true. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And so, like, do you know how many times, like, most of the time I out, like, I can't even remember fabricating an opinion because of whatever motivation that they've said. But do you know how many times I've had people tell me, oh, you're doing this because you want to be edgy, et cetera, et cetera. And I think that's the lowest of the low. It's not the type of discourse that I like. And I know that obviously you're not necessarily like that. So that's why I always welcome you on this platform. But I, just going into what you said, the context of why you might rate him more than other people is because you rated him before he got here. I don't like to rate players or managers too tough unless I see them a bit more regularly than like more than more than just a casual look and so coming in I just I just kind of put my hands up and said I don't know about this guy I don't I'm not saying he's bad I'm not saying he's good um when people say look at what he's done at Brighton again I'm one of those people that I see like when it comes to management a lot goes into it so when people say oh Klopp's an amazing manager for Liverpool and if we go in at Chelsea we'll be good I remember that actually Klopp has put his hands up and said I, I didn't want Salah and Mane. Uh, I really wanted Gotza and um, Brandt. And Salah and Mane have been the cornerstone of why Liverpool have been rated. Do you know what I'm saying? And so it's not necessarily when a team's doing good. It's just because of the manager. There's so many different things that can go into it. And so right and doing well doesn't necessarily mean that Potter's a great manager. It could just be, do you know what I'm saying? Like when Leicester was doing well, it wasn't necessarily that. Oh yeah, Ranieri's and like when, but when you look at it five six years later, Mahrez is a top player. Vardy is a good a Premier League goal scorer. Kante world class. Do you know what I'm yeah. saying? Like yeah. And so 
there's so much that goes into it. It could be the players. It could just be a unifying factor, like something that happened that you unify the team. And there's, there's so many teams that they come up from um, league the championship to the Premier League and then they, they have an amazing season and then they flop and it's just because the next season and it's just because that motivation is there. And so like, I never like to make hard assumptions on, on guys that I don't, I just didn't know Potter. And um, actually doing my research on Potter, I didn't really see much that really inspired me. And usually what happens is I'll go back and listen to what they said. And I think from that, at least I get a bit of charisma. I'd be a little bit on side. I think my initial thoughts on Potter just quickly before we go into Dortmund was, okay, cool. One thing that um, I learned was that this isn't someone that isn't necessarily a Yerda manager, which I liked. Because when, when you get English managers, it's like some of them are just passion, you know, all of that type of stuff. But he didn't seem like a Yerda. I was like, so, okay, I like that. And then also he did seem like someone that might be a bit more patient with people because of all that kind of humanist, that he seemed like a real humanist. Um, and I like that. But what I thought, what I got, what screamed out to me is I just feel like, my I've got my own assessment of things that a manager needs. And whilst yeah. yeah, and whilst he has some of the things that I like, there's a complementary other side that I felt like he was missing at this point. And the way that I justified it in my head is that I feel like when you look at proper managers that build dynasties, there's a real kind of hunger, almost like do you know what I'm saying? They can't sleep, they just need to win. Do you know what I'm saying? Like they they chase yeah. winning over everything, like um and so that's why when like when um Arteta because I've been a I've been a support of Arteta even in the dip um and even when all the Arsenal fans was against him but he just passed all of my criteria and the one thing that Potter I was thinking all right this might be a gap for Potter but what I said and I definitely said it on a pod is that Bowley has that thing that I don't think Potter has in terms of Bowley is going to be crazy just to win ASAP. But the only thing is that's kind of transpired in terms of the way we're spending money. But that's, I think just kind of created a mess. But anyway, that's just my context on Potter. That's your context on Potter. You were going to say something, Jermaine, what were you going to say? No, I was just going to say like, and I think that's a fair assessment as well. Like when you're looking at everything that a manager needs, yeah. I think it's also fair to say, and like, even though I'm in support of Potter, I think it's definitely fair to say that he doesn't, he hasn't shown um, so far that he has what a lot of the great Chelsea managers in the past that have won things here have had. And I'm not talking about your Di Matteos or your, your mm. um, like, whoever else has won trophies when they've been here for like a short period of time. But I'm talking more like your, you know, your prime Jose's and, you know, first season Conte's and that that kind of winning mentality. Like, I think it's fair to question whether he can have, and Tuchel as well, like it's, it, it's fair to question whether he can have that kind of winning, kind of like just obsession with winning. And we might not, we, we might not be used to to maybe seeing somebody as, as laid back as him and maybe he has it, but he just has a different way of showing it. Maybe he just wants to, maybe he just wants to show it all on the pitch. Do you know what I mean? Through his coaching and through what he does with the players and, and maybe he just firmly believes that his philosophy and his way is is how trophies will come about. Do you know what I mean? But it's, but we'll have to wait and see. Like you said, I, I think it's fair to I think that's a that's a yeah. very, very fair assessment in terms of when you look at the type of manager he is as well and what you could what you can be worried about. 
Yeah, and to be fair, like I don't think Potter is in a place where he can say this is how to win at a big club because he's just never done it before. Do you know exactly. what I'm saying? Yep, exactly. So so I feel like even him, and this is what happens when you take a chance. Like when Arsenal took a ch- chance on Arteta and things didn't go right straight away and people say in second, I was like, but you, t- like, look what you signed. Do you know what I'm saying? It wasn't <laughs> supposed to happen straight away yeah. at all. So with, with Potter, there has to be a degree of you know what you're doing. You haven't signed a manager that is... I'm going to win straight away, et cetera, et cetera. You're trying to facilitate him with all of the best, but that's part of the not, like that's part of what Bowley and Baghdad have to take accountability for because yes. they've they've hired a manager that doesn't necessarily he's not kind of been at this level before. Champions League's new to him, fighting at the top of a, the, the biggest league in the world is new to him, et cetera, et cetera. But the pressure that he's under is like he's a seasoned winner. Because of the money spent, now they they're chasing it. They've done their strategy; it's all done. But he's been under immense pressure, and this Dortmund game, I felt like, um, I felt like it was good. The rally, I think, before the match, there was a several players that was almost addressing the crowd, saying, "We need you." I I haven't yeah. seen this much, but a lot of players came out saying we need you to get behind it. Everyone was that it was a rallying call, a call to action to the fans, and it made me think about actually, look, Chelsea have been has been as a fan base very divided for a long time, and I don't get why before what hasn't happened is when players that are favoured, like why haven't players that are favoured come out. And talk to their guys and saying, get behind the team, get behind the team. Because really and truly, um, a divided fan base doesn't help Chelsea at all. It doesn't help Chelsea at all. And one thing about this game is it reminded me of when Tuchel came in after Lampard got sacked and there was that kind of whole divide. And what happens is when everyone's just focused on one aim and all of the stupid politics and this player and that player goes and everyone's just focused on raw we can get something out of this season and everyone's and even the fan base that everyone's focused on it and it's not just do you know what i'm saying yeah everyone just wants to come to do well and win and it's like you're you're not thinking about how it happens you're not thinking about who scores scores right it doesn't have to be your player do you know what i'm saying that does well it's just about the win and um i like the kind of rallying call from the different players saying we need you we need you we need you and let's make this atmosphere good because a lot of times, <laughs> when you go to Stamford Bridge, like fans will start singing at the beginning, and then they will just get kind of relaxed, and they're they're comfortable with the away teams out singing them. But Chelsea from the beginning let Dortmund know this isn't the day. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I don't care about your yellow fog. <laughs> no one gives a shit about where this is not the day. Do you know what I'm saying? And I I just feel like going forward as a club, because the fan base isn't going to be unifying and be divided. And and to be fair, Jorginho and Mount were almost like the different sergeants or the different generals of the different fan bases, civil war, right? And it seems like yeah. maybe on purpose, they're trying to remove both of those generals at just maybe to unify, who knows? But like, there's no, just by selling those kind of generals, like those communities exist in terms of, we think technical players are better. We like, uh, you know, I don't know. I don't know what to call the other side. We like passion or whatever. But those, so those sides exist. But what I, I think needs to be, happen more is like 
both of these guys, like the players need to kind of stop this divide and come out and say, no, no, if you rate me, then support the whole team. Support this guy that you've been booing because we're going to go on to Cucurella and stuff like that. But there does seem like certain players, it feels like we're allowed to assassinate, even if they've been here four or five months. Um, and, it's, and it's interesting, like to add to your point, like it's interesting, like watching it all play out because, you know, we speak about like how how often a, a team kind of starts to act as your manager. And we, we, we normally when we say that, we're more talking about how they act on the pitch and how they play on the pitch. Yeah. But it's I'm starting to see like it's almost like how Potter is as well as a manager and as a as a human mm. is kind of seeping through to like the, the squad as well in terms of yeah. all right, the gaffer's backing everybody. He's backing Kai at his worst moments. He's backing Kukureo at his worst moments. Do you know what I mean? He's coming out and he's he's taking the flak and he's saying, like, listen, like he's going through stuff at the moment. Yeah, mm-hmm. but he's a top player. He'll be back, and obviously we'll talk about the Dortmund game. But he he comes in and he proves it. I have it's another one. It's like getting stick every day. Potter yeah. knows he's not scoring goals. Potter knows that he needs goals from from Kai more than anybody. Like the fans think they need it, but Potter's the one who's got his job on the line. He's the one that he's the one that can be the most angry about. Um, you know, Kai Havertz not scoring goals if he wants to be, but instead he comes out and he and he and he reiterates to the fan base that this this is not the time to be getting onto Kai Havertz. You know what he I mean? Said, he he even made it, and what I love about it because I think this fan base in general they love an individual kind of thing. Um, and I had it in the Chelsea group chat earlier where they was talking about Havertz versus Datro. And I was like, you said that. So basically, essentially what I said was that that game that Datro started, I said that he shouldn't have started. And then he was saying that, oh, that's just because you love Havertz and um, Havertz should be able to have a game off. And I was like, that's not what I said, which is general like football discourse nowadays. is It's not like, I, for me, I just don't understand what, why you would want to try to, um, win because I think a lot of people just try to win arguments. But why you would try to win an argument with something that I haven't said? Do you know what I'm saying? Like I don't even understand. In terms of that getting that uh dopamine hit, like you've just falsified what I've said. So of course it's wrong. But um, essentially with Havertz and Datro, I said that actually you haven't even given Datro a sub appearance. Like it's not like he had sub appearances and then. You've kind of just out of the blue, he had a start. And so I've been talking about as a team what I want. And this is going to sound like a broken record, but I think momentum is important. So regular football. And so potentially he just misunderstood what I was saying in terms of that match, um, because I was saying that actually I don't mind if a player has rested the game. That's fine. But the fact that that throw was just thrown in out of nowhere and I get before the match happened, the fans kind of bubbled up and decided that Datro needed to start. That kind of thing happens. It happened with Amari. It happens with Chukwemeka. A lot of the times mm-hmm. they're just unhappy with the way things are going. So they look to the bench and saying, oh, this guy, give him. And I was like, actually, really and truly, Datro hasn't even had sub appearance and stuff like that. And all of a sudden, don't forget, the Southampton game was an important game and you've just kind of thrown him in. Do you know what I'm saying? This is the, the, the business end of the season. And... Like, I get he's new, as in Potter's new, but I just think, why not do sub-appearances to kind of... Because what was interesting in that game is Datro had a good half, but he still took Datro off. And I think that's indicative. That's a weird situation. It's indicative that 
um, because he said he needed something else, right? So, like, if you had started to sub Datro, you would have seen the type of things he can bring you in these kind of game situations, but you're learning on the fly. And so, for me, I just, again, like, this is all me talking about how people are focused on the individual too much. They want to slam this yeah. player. They want to slam that player. They want to lift this player. They want to lift that player. But I hope this part of the season, all of that bullshit is clearing. All of this, I hate this player. I don't like this manager, all of that. And hopefully the focus is just on the prize, which is the Champions League. And that's what Potter said was, it's too easy to zoom in on individuals and blame them. And I think that is yeah. perfect for what I'm talking about. Like this whole individual thing, this play FC and I'm right, you're wrong. Like, I'm just so bored of the, the I'm bored of the shit. Yeah, I'm not saying that you can't like a player or you can't do constructive criticism. But all your kind of like you want to unload because you don't like this player on me, please drop me out of it. You know what I'm saying? And I'm sure Potter's sick of it as well. Yeah, I think I think yeah, I think I really I really do think he is, to be honest with you. And I think yeah. like the way he he likes to it's probably because it's you know part of his manage, management style as well is to like include yeah. um, you know, we've spoken about how he likes to use a lot of players and he and he likes to to rotate and stuff like that. So he probably comes from a side of it where he's thinking, you know, like they're all important to me. Do you know what I mean? They're all if they're if they're here at my club, like he's kind of probably got that kind of attitude where it's like they're all important to me. Do you know? What I, mean? I mean, everybody has got something here. They're 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 professionals and top players and here at here at Chelsea for a reason. So it's I like, hear that. And, I and just quickly, like, go on. No, no, go ahead. I was gonna say the ZH situation probably sums that up the most because he's someone that was supposed to go out, but he's come in and I think almost he's played more than he did before he was supposed to go out. And maybe that's just his way of showing that, oh, actually, now you're here, I'm not just gonna put you to the side, I'm gonna um, include you. Now, what I think is, again, if you're just chasing, like we've seen Richarlison, Richarlison's been complaining recently about his time on the pitch at Spurs. And Conte is that I don't give a fuck manager. We've seen it with the way that he done that sub against Michy, where he kind of brought him on <laughs> for the last kind of couple of seconds. But in general, yeah. uh, Dems claimed Michy minutes because as a backup striker, Michy barely got any chances, even though like he might get the odd start in the Carlin Cup and in the score, but he barely got any chances. So like Dems made the kind of kind of jokey thing about Michy minutes. And it's now it's become Richie minutes because the same things happened where, again, because Conte so cold and so focused on the win, then it it starts upsetting a lot of people. And so I get that um, there's a yin and a yang to everything. Do you know what I'm saying? Because if Potter becomes cold and starts freezing players out, like Lampard was freezing players out, it was like, "Raw, you freeze this player out," and then injuries might you brought them back in. And so a hundred percent for a manager, all of your decisions everyone's going to just retrospectively say that it's wrong depending on the result do you know what i'm saying oh you start you start being inclusive they're like no you've got to restrict you start restricting no you've got to include let's let's just be honest that's how uh fans do managers a lot of the time but what i what i do 100 percent think and I've, I've said this and time and time again is that the more and even to be fair potter saying it as well when you have to manage a big squad that distracts you from basically um, just winning because nobody wants to continually switch their lineups. Like, do you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, like you might you might want to switch it up when you want to. You don't want to have to have to switch it up because you've got to include all of these players, right? And, and that's so and that, yeah, exactly. And and that's the and that's a that's the thing that I think is like. 
probably some like the most frustrating at the moment, both for fans and for the manager himself. Like because I think you're looking at it and you're thinking, oh, like if some of these numbers weren't here, it would be much easier for it for for us to kind of get some consistency and and get like a you know a, a clear a clearer like kind of idea of where we're going with 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 the kind of players that he wants and stuff. But it's like like you're saying, I don't think it's as easy as just you know, putting people to the side and leaving them out in the cold. And, you know, we've seen so many managers try and do that. And then when they have to backtrack and bring them back in, it's like, it gets awkward. Do you know what I mean? It's like, Jorginho and Lampard is like, Jorginho, right. like one minute you're seeing Jorginho on the pitch, <laughs> and the next minute he's, 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 he's been away for so long, he's got like a full beard. And that, like, you know what, kind of but you know what, Jermaine, being a manager isn't easy. And this, this is where you earn your coin, right? And I feel like you have to, do you know what I'm saying? You have to make big decisions a lot of the times. And this is a big decision. This is a big approach from him to say, okay, I'm going to be mad inclusive. Listen, we won Dortmund game. Everything feels like a turnaround. I can't, I'm, are we playing less than next? I can't Western, say, I can't say what we're going to do because I don't know what Potter's going to do. I don't know if he's going to say, actually, this 11 works. Let me try to continue this, but I maybe just make a few changes here and there. Or let me try and include everybody. And so for me, there's so much unpredicted. I, I just don't know. I don't know. I, and But if I if I did kind of, I feel like it's like with anything, when you kind of have more um, things that you know, like an algebra equation, when you, when, when you get rid of a lot of the X's and Y's and you see the actual numbers, then you can start getting, like imagine the result. But I feel like there's so many unknown factors with Chelsea. So it's hard to, we're so, it's hard to predict. And I believe... As a manager, what I'd do, and this is just my approach, I'd be doing loads of assessments and then trying to find my guys that I want to rely on. And uh, that's not to say that you have to be a, you know, you just have to ice people out. And I, I feel like the way Lampard did it, he wasn't even speaking to people. And again, so like just because um you say you want to focus, like when Hiddink came in, we this is just a little, obviously a little bit of history, but you guys all know Hiddink came in. Uh, after Scolari. Scolari brought in uh, Fabio Payin, you know, even just some youngster. It was it was good on football manager, but he also brought in Kresma because Scolari used to be the Portuguese manager. Um, he's Brazilian, but he used to be the Portuguese manager. At the time he was Portugal, yeah. Yeah, before. so obviously Kresma, um, he was starting for Porto, he brought in Kresma on loan. And uh, I think Kresma played one game on Scolari before um, Hiddink came in. And I th- he was good that game. He was He was good that game. And Kresma, when Hiddink came in, apparently he was one of the best players in training. However, Hiddink said, listen, we need to, we need momentum. We need focus. It's nothing against you. It's not personal. Um, but we, I can't incorporate. And so he made that decision. And so Potter can make those decisions. But Potter, again, what he's got about him is people know that he's not disingenuous. So if Potter was to say, listen, I'm going to rock with these guys and it's not personal, et cetera, et cetera. It's just because I need momentum, et cetera, et cetera. And then there's injuries. He's been honest. He's been authentic. That person can't really be like, like, you know, he's just, he's been completely honest. And so now I need you. And the only reason why I didn't is because I was trying to cut my numbers. Do you know what I'm saying? So like, I feel like there is a halfway house that Potter can do. He's taking this approach, which is fine. But again, there, there still kind of has to be criticism. Um, if he, the approach that he's taken, just you know, was wrong. <laughs> yeah, it was wrong. But should we go through the? Let's go through, go through the Dortmund team and stuff, and and then I don't. Even, do you know what? I didn't focus on them, um, but obviously they had Adeyemi, Adeyemi missing, 
And he was a key fawn in terms of counterattacking in our side. But we're three four three now. Yeah. Uh, that's been a change. Did we play three four three in the last match? We didn't, did we? we? Played it against Leeds as well. Yeah. No, no, I'm talking about in the last Dortmund match. We didn't play it. Did oh we? nah, no, no, no. That was a four. That was a four. Um, yeah. I remember the last Dortmund match. I think we played a four four two, and just obviously being a bit older, I remember. Um. Obviously, 4-4-2 used to be the formation of the day. And so Arsene Wenger and Sir Alex Ferguson used to play 4-4-2 in Europe and 4-4-2 in the league. But it was a period where when it came to European games, they would both play 4-3-3, but then play 4-4-2 in the league. And then obviously both just switched completely to 4-3-3. But the whole idea was, especially when it comes to these knockout ties, the midfield battle was so important. And... Yeah. They just felt that they got outnumbered. And I remember watching that that game against Dortmund and I was just like, oh, shit. Like, again, everything's a learning curve. And I was just like, oh, he don't realise how important it is to control the game in these matches because of that mm-hmm. one, do you know what I'm saying? That one counter-attack that can happen. Yeah, because it was very, because I remember that, 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 that first leg and it was like, Although I think for the majority we ended up having probably like better like better moments and stuff yeah. like that. I think in terms of what you kind of need to do when you do go away from home and and you know you make sure that you get a kind of like a solid result to bring back. Because remember, like obviously recently it's been changed to no away goals. Yeah. But but before you used to go there with the mentality of oh yeah. like we we if we can get like one away goal and come yeah. away with a draw or win one nil, we've done our job. Do you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. And and yeah, that kind of stuff there. Potter's never had the the opportunity to like really experience yeah. that and, enough. And you could tell in that first leg it was like Yeah, it was and, and and my thing is this when you hire Potter, like I'm what I'm more crit, crit, like scathing with Potter about, sorry, isn't the newness of what he's not experienced. Because once they hire him for that, like I can say I wouldn't have hired him and I wouldn't have hired him, but that's just why I expected. One of the things when we was doing that as a Potter, everyone said he hasn't even watched the Champions League match. There's a learning curve there. Um, but yeah. Uh, so obviously there was that. We switched to a 3-4-3. It feels like, um, I can't remember if it was said, um, I can't remember if they, they actually said it or it was just suggested, but um, they were suggested that we're comfortable with the 3-4-3. We've been playing with that um those tactics for a while so the players were kind of asking for it i don't know if you heard that jay i've um i I don't know i don't know the exact details about the players asking for it but i do know that um i i did hear something along the lines of like them just being much comfortable much more comfortable with the formation due to that obviously just you know what we've been playing under two cool yeah even some players that were there that played it under Conte, so it's like it's it's a it's a formation that I think if you want to kind of get things across to players quite quickly, and it's a formation that Potter plays himself. Like, yeah, yeah. So yeah. It, was, it was it's it's quite odd that like I don't know we've had to change back to it. Right. Do you know what's weird, Jay? Like, do you remember when everybody says when we started off with Potter we were winning games? We were playing three for three at the beginning. <laughs> exactly. Do you know what I'm saying? And I I haven't gone back to see exactly when it went bad, but there were a couple of things where we were doing it at the beginning and it changed. 
So we was playing Oba at the beginning and then he dropped him. We were playing 3-4-3 at the beginning and then we switched. So I still need to go, go back and kind of see if any of those are contributing factors. But I think since 3-4-3 has come back, I don't know what you think, Jay. Do you, Does it feel like, like we're better? Because I was watching that game yesterday and we were like doing counter presses, picking it off and counter attack. It just felt like us. Much better, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I, I do hear you. And I think... um. Like, I don't know whether it's also because, like, like it's hard to f- kind of go back for the, the timeline of injuries that we've had. But I do remember around the time that he did switch to the four as well, mm. a lot of things weren't probably in place the way they the way he wanted them, he would have wanted them to be in terms of where the wing backs were, in terms okay. of fitness-wise and how many games they played and, and how much, like, they were up to speed and stuff mm. like that. Because I know Chilwell, like, obviously <laughs> Chilwell got a, got a long injury and then... But- but don't you think? Remember, I remember he, like he started playing Sterling on. That's on, what I'm saying. But but, but that was before. Like, think, that was yeah. before the the injury. Yeah. No. Of course. And that's what I'm trying to say. Like that's that's where I think. Like, I think he tried a couple things in the first like the first time with the three with the three at the back, and mm. uh, and he got a few things wrong. And I think he kind of panicked. And this is I, I don't know if I criticized him about this on the pod already. I don't know if I if mm. I said it last one like the last one I was on, but. But the one thing I've I've been annoyed about with Potter is that he's second guessed himself with with what he knows, and mm-hmm. it's like he's he's kind of given in as well to like the numbers. It looked like I I don't I don't know for sure, but mm-hmm. I hope it's not a thing where he's thought, oh, how can I get as many attackers as possible on the pitch, and then he switched to a four, thinking, oh, you know, I can get, you know, I can do the four right. two three one and like all that kind of stuff, and and so. I think Badishile as well. I think he he changes a lot. Fafana changes a lot. Them two coming in and and being um, yeah, go on. You know, as dominant as they are, either side of the the central centre back, it's like yeah. it allows think, they, they give it, us so much. Yeah, go on. Sorry, I was just gonna say Cucurella again yesterday. Man of the match, official man of the match, and yeah. what I like. So Potter's come out and said actually he took him out because he could see that the fans were trying to turn him against him. And so he was yeah, waiting absolutely. for the right moment. So mm. it's not that he didn't believe in Bucarella, but he just knew that you need the fans on your side. Do you know what I'm saying? And personally, I've always thought that Cucurella left centre-back. Like, he impresses me defensively. I know there's some games that, that hasn't gone well, but again, new to Chelsea. And like, I think that for me, I always look, okay, show me signs of what I can expect in the future when it's coming together. Do you know what I'm saying? It doesn't have to be consistent straight away like with everybody else. And um, that's just me. But yeah, he said he yeah. picked this time. And so like where everybody's like Badia Shiller, Shiller, Ben Shiller, I promise you, like they were the same way with Trevor Chalabot. Just give it a stretch and then um, they'll start collecting because these people collect data books and evidence and they love players <laughs> when they're fresh and they've got no background. Do you know what I'm saying? And what happens yeah. is they keep on adding things to this file that they have on players. And, and listen, all right, let's let let's talk about the the game properly. Um, we'll go to an ad break here, but let's talk about the game properly after the break. Okay, we're back. Um, talking about the game. I know we've talked around the game. You just want to hear about the game that we won. Uh, is there's a good feeling around Chelsea? I'll kind of to kind of walk through what I remember of the game. I remember starting off again. We just talked about Cucurella before the ad break, but do you know that no no nonsense kick where it's like, all right, we're not here to play. We're not here to take chances. I think Dortmund try to kick off, try to pass the ball. Kukurella put his boot through it. 
he put his boot through yeah. it. That kind of <laughs> kind of kicked things off in terms of like we're not here to play. But what's good about Cucurella is that I feel like a lot of the times he kind of picks the right time to put his boot through it. But then just when you start thinking, oh, this guy's gonna put his boot through it all the time, then he'll just pick a pass, and then he's just kind uh, of nowhere. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And so it was good. Like I think maybe talking about the defense, what I liked about the defense. For some reason, the game was played. Maybe they just, they, they didn't want to, maybe Dortmund, I don't know who they played on the left, but, but maybe they, they just want to fuck with uh, Fafana and Reese James because they weren't attacking down that side. Um, they Whenever they tried to attack, they tried to attack down our um, left side. Yeah, left side. Because um, a lot of the game was happening there. But even when the ball came over at those times, Reese James and Fafana had it locked down. So Dortmund weren't even trying down that side. And then Kulabali wore, like, sometimes through the middle, Kulabali, like, he was the rock that this team was built on. Do you know what I'm saying? And, like, yeah, really good performance from him. 100%. And just, like, I don't, I didn't get to watch Kulabali week in, week out. But the performance that I saw yesterday was the same performance that I saw him put for Barcelona. And that's why, like, he played more in the middle. And it was almost like this. So, like, 100% since Koulibaly's been here. And to be fair to Koulibaly, he said, as soon as he came, he said, guys, I'm going to need time. He said that himself. He goes, I'm so glad you said that. I was going to say that myself as well. I remember in the Chelsea interview, like, when, he, when he'd been signed. Yeah. And he said that. He said it might take me months, like, months to, to get up to I speed. I don't even know if he said much. He just said, listen, it's going to take me time. And the thing is, yeah, um, because he's not 21, people don't want to hear that. But it doesn't matter. Do you know what I'm saying? If you go from league to league, like it doesn't matter. Yeah, you still need to kind of some people will need to adjust and stuff like that. And he recognized that in himself. Um, but I felt like he came up like a rock. Cucurella was a rock. Um, for final when needed was a rock. Reese James when needed was a rock. And so, like, go on. Chua as well was really good defensively as well, man. Yeah, like, and and like even like as a team defensively in terms of going back and being resolute and then just winning the ball. And the ball came up so quickly because Jorginho, a lot of the time those vertical passes, Jorginho will be part of it, but like Cucurella will win the ball, vertical ball up one time. And then like the through balls, Felix, there was a couple of like, again, it's so good to have people that play, play through balls. Uh, Sterling was playing on the last line a lot. And then sometimes Havertz as well. And this is what I was saying in terms of you need run runners. And then Felix was finding them. Havertz was finding them. Dan, I couldn't believe how many runs in behind I was seeing, bro. I, I was so happy. I was so when I saw Sterling on the shoulder, like I don't yeah. think I don't think people understand. I have not seen this yeah. at Chelsea for so long. Love I feel it. like it's been such a long time. Like players on the shoulder like that, like the way yeah. Felix and um, the way Sterling was on the shoulder, and then the way um not so much James, because I feel like James is still slowly getting getting back into it. He's still not at his best yet, even though he had a And both game. of them don't have to be. Like, you yeah, know, exactly. I always like exactly. the, the lop side. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, but Chilwell, at the moment, he just seems like he's buzzing at the moment. Like, he, I think he got into the final third about, like, he, he received the ball like 20 times in the it, final third. He was third a release for So, yeah, so it was the same against Leeds and then he he he, he kind of replicated that again. Do you know um, what it is? Dortmund as well. So, do you know what? This isn't new. Like, 3-4-3... Three, three, like a lot, I remember a lot of time Alonso was our spare man. When yeah. on the left, if you do that switch, 
you can get the spare man and like Reese James isn't that I don't think I think you want Reese James to kind of be in possession because he's that person that can dribble the ball up you know he's good in possession well, yeah. in, and he can tuck in to be in midfield so I feel like tactically it makes sense whereas Alonso was so good for us in the 3-4-3 like as much as people hated him like because he was a danger and he yeah. was like again getting in behind and stuff like that. The thing is, a lot of the time the ball will go to Alonso and it will break down. Like, yes, sometimes good things happen, but a lot of the time our our attack will break down. And it's like, oh, if only we had someone that could do more damage when the ball comes to him, because he don't have the pace. But um Chilwell was that guy for us in terms of again, I feel like it's the same thing. We switched the ball, he was the one in space, that was good. I think Potter again, he was a jet like it felt like war settings because there was all of that yellow fog. Blue fog, uh, fog, Potter kind of cheering the uh, crowd on, and so like it really set the scene for, um, for a good intense match. Um, uh, Cucurella, like I said, I think he like I know that a lot of people were expecting Kai to get man of the match. I didn't expect Cuckoo to get man of the match, but I, I'm not mad at it because I feel like again, anytime Dortmund felt that they had the ball that they could build attack. Cucurella was there snapping at the hills. <laughs> and I think he, and I think he set the tone as well. Like, cause yeah. you know how you're saying about like the ball was getting moved like quite quickly and it, and it was getting up the pitch like really quick as well. And I think when, like you said, when he was anticipating some of the some of the passes from from the Dortmund players, he was intercepting, but then he was also kind of intercepting with the immediate action of like passing it straight into right. to one of the attackers. And, and the most impressive thing I think about about him as well was that. He just looked fearless on the night in terms of it, whoever it was that was coming down his his way, and it was the complete opposite of what we'd seen from him recently. Because we like we were kind of shaking when players were going towards him or running towards him because we thought, oh, you know what, he, he's just having it bad at the moment. Like he's not, he's probably not going to have a good game. But but the, the the Dortmund game was the complete opposite. Like he 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 wanted it with anyone on the night on the night, and I was I was proper glad that he he performed the way he did. You know what. You know, I found interesting about that game, like three four three. When I think about all the players, I was just thinking about all the players I can talk about. But Kovacic and Enzo, and I know they they were doing work, but I just don't remember seeing them much. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I I get what you mean. I a hundred percent get what you mean. I think obviously, I feel I feel like there's um there's still some some work to do there. I'm not even sure if that is the the kind of um partnership you probably want in the middle um mm. and like it's, yeah. I, i'm not no no slight on cover or enzo i just think like sometimes you know other players suit you know it, there's just a a suit like certain players suit each other in it and cover and enzo i'm not too sure about because we, we used to do the same thing about um remember we used to have always have the conversation about like kante and cover yeah, both, but both good players, but just sometimes it just doesn't mesh the way it's meant to mesh. So, so I think with uh, I think with Kante and Cover, my thing is that both of them wanted to go forward and dribble forward all the time, but they also yeah. didn't like to play together. Do you like how Jorginho and Cover look for each other and stuff like that? Yeah, you know what yeah, I mean? yeah, yeah. Whereas you you don't necessarily get that from Kante and Kovacic, but I just felt like um, because I know if I go back and check the match stats, loads of tackles and stuff like that. I know I remember there was one point in the match where. Uh, the commentator was saying Kovacic smash work and so I'm not saying that they didn't do anything but I just rem- I don't remember them being heavily in the game like that so like they, I'm sure they worked hard and, and I, it looked like we were in control listen in the group chat 
before we scored the goal, and I get as an emotional fan, but Sam on Chelsea, he was saying, oh, we're so bad, we're so bad, we're not playing good for this. And I was like, I disagree. Because I feel like they had they hardly had a sniff. Honestly, they had the Bellingham chance, but we we dicked on them. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, I feel yeah. like from the start, we, we were really good. Um, I guess let's talk about habits as well, because... What a game, bro. Yeah, I think the thing is, I'm not surprised when he has the games, so I'm not even gonna act like I'm not gonna do you know what it is. So, like, so like Shemi, Shemi was saying to me in the group chat after the weekend, have it says there's this thing I call have had a runonomics, nothing to do with dysonomics, it's just had a runonomics like Chelsea fans love to do every single seven or eight games. They'll be like, This player's had a run now. Um, what you said would happen. And I've never talked in terms of runs because I don't believe in how to run anomics. All of you guys saying this person's had 10 games now, what's going on? Do you know what I mean? And I, I get it from the perspective of we've got so many players. And so until we kind of sort that out, when someone's had a run, then it's almost like there's someone, there's 10 people on the bench, so bring them on. I get that, but it's not good. You you shouldn't be judging players on 10 games. Do you know what I'm saying? And yeah. um People will say, ah, like, I've had this conversation a couple of times now. They're like, oh, they have had, they've had a good enough chance. If you look at this season, and this is about Kai Havertz, I was like, this is his, was it his third season here? And this is your, the first time you're saying that he's, you know, playing regularly week in, week out. And my my whole thing is this. We can't keep on doing it where we spend massive money where they're almost one of the most expensive chances in Premier League history. And you show that commitment when it comes to money, but you don't show that commitment when it comes to starts because you're just, they, they can't win. They can't win like that. They're not going to be able to win like that. Do you know what I'm saying? It's going to be the same with Mudrich because yeah. essentially as a, as a Chelsea, uh, as a club, when you spend big money on the player, you have to give them the space to start all of those games that's not to say don't have a competitive environment but it means if i'm going to commit to this guy coming in i don't i don't want to have seven different attackers because i've just bought a 100 million attacker so i ideally want that 100 million attacker to play week in week out when you have seven different guys then that means that 100 million attacker that might need 10 games on a down period they're gonna have to come out because there's eight other men and so I think we've just done such a shit job of providing the space for players to run. Like Kane might be on the, I feel, I can't remember, Kane's not scoring that many goals now. And this is not new. I think Kane's on the run of like two goals in 11 or some shit like that. Um, and But that's that's fine because that happens every single season. Last season, he started the season, barely scored. And he started catching up, catching up, catching up. But the thing is, we always do this type of thing where it's like, so, like, again, Shemi came to me and goes, oh, he's had a run and he hasn't been good. Um, are you going to change your opinion? Um, and, again, if I've ever said, Havertz will show you after 10 starts that he's going to be the top scorer in the league, then come to me with that. But The thing is, my thing with, with Kai, I think, I don't know if you remember me saying to you, but I was like, for me, I was like, if if he was to end the season, like, whether the performances are bad or good, I was like, we could keep him even if he doesn't do this. But I was like, for me personally, I was I was saying if he gets twelve goals come end of the season, 
12, 13 goals for Chelsea. How's that? In the league? In the league? Yeah, yeah, in the league, because I think he's capable. I just think, like, even in, we've got, we've still got, like, 13 games left. He's on, like, six goals, I think, or something like that. Yeah. Like, Kai and he's and he's and he's been close to to to, to upping that tally. He's been really unlucky in a couple of games as well. Like so, for me, I don't think it's a it's a massive ask from Kai. I think them numbers are genuinely like probably what he he um would yeah. do. Like even in top top form, like Kai, I would still expect those numbers. I would, <laughs> I would never expect like these twenties and stuff from Kai. So my my thing has always been like with Kai now is the whole thing of, of creating relationships with the players that he plays with and the consistency. So I tweeted the other day and I said, like, what are we going to do with, with, with Kai um, in terms of the, 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 the consistency now? Because him, Sterling and Felix look like they've got an understanding. Now, if that is a positive for Chelsea and it's a positive for Kai and obviously a positive for the other two, Felix and Sterling, then let's not forget, Sterling is somebody that can also chipping with a good amount of goals if you use him in the way that he, he, you know, he should be used. And Felix is somebody who, yeah, cool, he hasn't hit those big numbers yet, but we're still waiting to find out and see what kind of player Felix is going to end up being. We we don't know that. And and that could also be something that, that happens um, here at Chelsea. So my thing is, are we going to let this kind of marinate and let them kind of... Um, play with each other more and and create that stronger bond on the pitch? Or are we going to do what we've done to Kai already twice and switch up the whole thing again and then go backwards and be like, oh, well, now we're going to be, now we're going to play you here because we've got this guy to play up top. And it's like, it's, it, I just don't understand how you can expect consistency. Like, fair enough, yeah, you can say for the ability of the player, I don't feel like he's playing well enough. That's, that's fine. I, I'm cool with that. But... What I don't like is expecting the kind of form that you get from players that that get the opportunity to do what I just said, create relationships on the pitch consistently and play consistently in in one max two positions, but majority of the time it's even one. Yeah, you know what I mean Liverpool don't move Salah around. Yeah, you and you know what's interesting about Havertz, like the the goal that he scored that was obviously chalked off because it was offside. We've seen that a few times now because I know yeah. he scored that against England. Yeah, for Germany. He scored was... against Salzburg. Right. But the thing is, like, because... So, like, Salah, they know that him cutting in on his left, he can score those goals. But Havertz isn't necessarily... Again, he's not someone that's just, oh, get the ball down the right. And to be fair, he really likes that right flank. But get the ball down the right, try and cut in, and then score like that. But the thing... My, my thing with Havertz is... um. I know the kind of whole goals thing. I'm not even thinking about the goals thing, really and truly, about the target or whatever. Um, I know that a lot of people, I think there's one guy called John Brown. That, um, I don't know, like, people take opinions personally, you know, because I've never told people, <laughs> I've I've never told people you have to inherit my opinion. I just offer my opinion. If you agree with it, you agree. If you don't, you don't. That's fine. I'm not telling you to inherit my opinion. But with, with, with Havertz, uh, I was asked, he, he's been on a run now, he hasn't performed, what do you think? And I said that, I, just, I even disagree with you in terms of he hasn't performed. Do you know what I'm saying? I feel like out of, we've had Felix here and everybody loves Felix, right? Not everybody, because some people are upset about their boy not playing. But people people love Felix 
And I'd say since Felix has been here, I think Havertz has actually performed better than Felix in this run. Uh, for me, I think Havertz has, since he's been here, um, the Fulham game was great, but I think Havertz is the one that's creating a lot of the big chances. I think they've all missed big chances as well. Sterling's missed big chances. Felix missed big chances. Havertz has big, missed big chances. But in general performance, I'd say if there's someone that's performed the best, it's Havertz. Now, everybody loves Felix from what they've seen since he's been here. Yet, they're trying to tell me that Havertz hasn't played well. Do you know why that? Do you know why I think that is done as well? I know though? why. We're going. <laughs> but but one of my one of my um, takes on why a lot of people are saying that about habits as well is because I I don't think people actually realize as well um, what his role has been a lot of the times when he's played in a lot of games for Chelsea this season because he does a lot of work and I remember like I'm not saying it's anything like Giroud yeah but. Havertz has got qualities that some players don't have, which is why he often gets played up top as well, because he has to do a job that isn't it doesn't look that great on the eye sometimes in terms of when you're when you're when you're trying to be the hold up player, when you're trying to make sure that you know there's players that can try and play off of you. Um he can, he can drop into the midfield at times and do what he needs to do. I think even against Leeds, he dropped into the midfield, picked up the ball, and he played probably one of the best passes of the game to sure. Chilwell. Yeah. Um, he had another I, good pass of Chilwell this game that Chilwell missed again in the Dortmund. Yeah, run. yeah, yeah, exactly. And and this is the thing. And 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 let's not forget as well. Like he's another one. Like people will just pretend like he's the finished article. I'm sure Potter's working with Kai. Like I'm sure he's working with. Him. I'm sure he sees the ability and he, and and there's more to come from Havertz. But how old again, is Rashford? Do you know what I'm saying? Like I yeah. think <laughs> people this kind of. People are like, oh, he's 23 now. <laughs> People say all of this shit. He's 22 now. Like, <laughs> this is what I'm saying. It's like, Pot, this is what I'm saying. Like, Pot, I feel like Potter's looked at, looked at Kai Havertz and thought, like, yeah, cool. We, we got work to do. Um, Good player, great player. Like, can, can be like a great player for us. And he, he's just working with him. And that's why I'm excited, like, watching Potter as well work with these players. Because I think, again, it's the whole time thing, Dan, in terms of forget about a manager. But with the players we, we come back to it it's like nobody wants to see a player go through the shit and develop like it's, yeah. they just don't want to see it anymore bro like they, they're not here for that they don't they don't like it yeah. they can't but do you know what it, do you know what it is I, and this is me gonna I'm gonna defend the fans on this side of things if we're winning they won't be upset and I feel like yeah. a lot of the times where people just need a conduit to blame the fact that we're not winning on and I get, I believe this is lazy. I, I believe it's lazy um, because I, I I get when you're looking at it and you're like, oh, we're not winning. Kai's, we're not scoring goals. Kai's up front. He's the problem. But he hasn't been the problem in these last games. I'm not talking about this Dortmund game. Even before, he hasn't been the problem. Like, if you're saying he's been the problem, it means that if he's out and somebody else is in, then the goal scoring. No, he hasn't been the problem. I think the problem has been that we don't have a goal scorer and Kai's never been like, again, I've said this ad nauseum, but he hasn't, with a goal scorer, a lot of times they have to be groomed to carry that goal threat. He's never been that, right? And so the project happened with Tuchel and stuff like that. But so everybody notices there is this problem in terms of we're not scoring the goals. 
But Kai's not been the problem in our in our in our games. In the games, he's creating a lot of chances that other people are missing. Yes, he's missed big chances, but other players have missed big chances too. The funniest thing is, but the funniest thing is, Dan, though, this is where it gets hilarious, yeah, because and and this is why I don't kind of do the whole thing of oh, like I hate him, get rid of him, I'm done yeah. with him now, I'm finished with him. Because yes, he does frustrate me. I'm a fan. I want yeah. I want like you said, I want. Chelsea to win so when he misses or when he when he's not playing to the level that I think he can play to yeah I get frustrated with him but at the same time you cannot acknowledge that this guy is probably our biggest um, player in terms of um, big games like big game moments big game just general performances you can't acknowledge the fact that he is one of the guys that stands out the most and then give up on that same player for me that just makes zero sense, bro. Like, it, 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 it no, can't, I think it what can't they, I think what they say about uh, Havertz, because I done a thread around this a long time ago. Because I know that, especially after this game, a lot of people are going to say big, big getting tired and stuff like that. And it's you're allowed to say it now because I told you there's this Chelsea hive mind that tells you when you're allowed to say stuff. I don't give a shit about that shit, as you can tell by the Chelsea Hour account. I really give a shit about it. Yeah. But I, I did the thread and I said that. Um, I, and this is when everyone was so down on Kai. And I was like, um, everybody was asking me, this is why I just did a thread, because it was almost like um, send all to everybody. And I was like, what do you even see in him? And I I, I didn't just want to say it. I wanted to show them what actually factually that he brings. And so the thread had facts as well. And it had facts that he scored more headed goals than most Premier League players apart from Kane in the last two seasons. So he's an aerial threat. It showed that the amount of big... When people say big game players, players and Chelsea fans, I think probably fans in general, can have fish brains. Like um, the Liverpool final, everybody knows that he was great in that match, but you forget. And everybody's like, what has he done apart from the Champions League? It's not just the Champions League. Even Everyone's saying now, oh, he's scored in every single knockout round since then and stuff like that it's not big in in terms of like finals and big games and even in this Dortmund game where he missed the what well, he, he hit the post and he had the nerve to step up and coolly do it again that's one thing I like about Kai and so like Kai's received so much criticism but what even impresses me more is his ability to handle it like a he lot of the noise really well yeah like, he really does also, I just feel like a lot of people would kind of crumble in this kind of situation. But yeah, I feel yeah. like he's almost growing because of it. I feel like his shoulders are becoming broader. Um, but he and- said that. he he You could see that in him as well in terms of even what he said about Potter because I think he made some comment like, oh, there's hundreds of coaches that think they know more than Potter or something like that. <laughs> like he said something like as if to say and- like, bro, like we don't care about what you don't think. Like, and-, and-, and you know what? I think the way that Lampard was with Mount and how now Mount has real, a lot of self-confidence. And I remember Tuchel was saying, uh, I think maybe Tuchel said this with Havertz and maybe Loftus-Cheek or maybe I'm mixing it up. But it was like saying he needs that kind of confidence. And sometimes mm-hmm. it's the manager that can, when you have unwavering faith from your manager, that means that you can try things and you know you're not going to be yanked out because of... I've had a run of nomics. Do you know what I'm saying? And so, like, when everyone's, like, saying, oh, we, we can depend on Mount, that's because Mount knows that, do you know what I'm saying? He's going to be playing. And this is why I feel like with consistency and momentum, a lot of the times, as a manager, you need to imbue that faith into your players. 
And so yeah. you can't do that for everyone, which is why having a massive squad is bad because you can't kind of give that faith. But I feel like it's so good to see. It's taken three years or whatever, but it's so good to see that he has a manager where he knows like, okay, come rain or shine, he's going to back me. And I think that's good for him. But I, I believe that us, we tr need to try to get to a place where a lot of our 11 have that. Um, do you yeah. know what I mean? Where yeah. it's like that rather than this kind of, because it's like the, yeah, it's just, it's not good, I think, with this chopping and changing. But back to Kai, um, there were so many different, like a lot of people say that, um, what is he? Is he a striker? Is he, I feel like he's shown you like in these games where people were saying, oh, what is, he doesn't really create chances. Like he's shown you, he's an in-between player. I think, Thierry Henry said it, and listen, because Thierry Henry said exactly what I said, now people don't have to complain, do you know what I'm saying? <laughs> Thierry, I said what I said, I'll get all of this hate. Thierry Henry said it's the same, so now people can take it seriously, but because obviously a lot of people saying, you, I don't understand what you see in him. Thierry Henry sourced what I said as well. Um, but I think there there is a thing where people are saying, I want this, uh, He's it's towards the end of the season, Kai, Oh, he should be performing for a whole season, not the end of the season, all that type of stuff. Um, and he's kind of self-reflected and said, I don't know why, but obviously a lot of times, sometimes he just have a run of goals in the last end of the season. A lot of people expect more goals from Sky. A lot that when they say, Oh, he scored this much in the Bundesliga, they need to remember a lot of those goals didn't come first half of the season. <laughs> Do you know what I'm saying? The thing is, we should have as well, though. Like, if, if, Kai, if Kai is one of the guys that we know is going to show up in the business end of the season, and which is often the business end of the season, obviously, second half of the season, where it's like the home stretch and stuff like that, and, and you're getting further in competitions and you're getting closer to, you know, the league ending. And, you know, if I'm 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 OK with that, because that, the reason I say that is because there should be another two, three guys who... Who are who are doing the business in the first half as well, yeah. and so players that, don't always players don't always um perform, uh you they, know, throughout the whole season like they don't. on fire, bro. Like it they, just don't. They happen. don't, and and so this is what I was gonna say because a lot of people saying, oh, loan him for the first half of the season and then bring him back. That's not how it works. It's <laughs> you know what I'm saying. It's, it's it's not at how it works, and um there are like I don't think. Kai Havertz is always just going to show up at the back end of the season. But I think that, like, whether it's at Chelsea or somewhere else, a lot of the time, you have to get your best players on the pitch regularly. Um, and it might just, like, one preseason, Kai comes back and he's flying. And then he just takes the first part of the season by storm. And then he fades off. But... It doesn't, and, and again, this is not necessarily have to be for Kai. I just, as a culture, um, I just think that we are too spoiled and we've got too many numbers. And I, I, I get it. Like I've said it a lot of the times, I get because we've got so many players, they kind of have to come out. But I think what I like is that this is the first time we've seen Kai just being played. Play. I think he's played the most and start starts. And people saying that they haven't seen anything. I have. Do you know what I'm saying? And Maybe, you know what? The, yeah. His his link up with Sterling's really interesting because I remember all the way back in preseason when Sterling yeah. first come on, um, he had like a, a few good moments with Kai early yeah. on, um, and I was really excited about that. And I think we should talk on Sterling a bit because, like, with Sterling, I think 
we saw it against Southampton when he come on, even though we lost that game, he come on and he was like a live wire. Like yeah. he really looked like he had not a point to prove so much, but like just to remind people that yo, I'm here, I'm here to to do well. Do you know what I mean? I'm here for for me. Do you know what I'm saying? Like in terms of he's still got some stuff to do here at Chelsea and in the league and that. And I don't know, the, the last few appearances has been encouraging, like, because I was one of the ones thinking, like, oh, you know, what's going to happen to Sterling? Not so much selling, but, like, just what's going to happen to him, because I just you know don't... What it is. You know what you're saying about Mudrick with the whole, you buy yeah. an £800 million pound left winger? It's like, you know, like, oh, shit, like, cool. If we bought him, then what does that mean for Sterling? I, like, so, for me... I think it's a, a, another mess. I think the way we, what, what we did in January should mean we should sell Sterling, in my opinion. Yeah, but, do you get that? Yeah, that's that's where my head was at. That's what I'm trying to say, yeah. Just because, so something still needs to happen because I don't, like, I'm trying to focus on this season, but it feels like a big mess already because Nkunku's coming in already. It seems like they weren't a striker. I just think with Sterling, and I, again, what we're seeing is that he's not a mug. Sterling's not a mug. He's never been a mug. And yeah. me, saying, me saying that we should move on Sterling isn't because, again, because sometimes you kind of have to really say this so that people hear it, but it's never been because I've said that he's not good or I doubt him or anything like that. But he's not He's not a mug. He's not a squad player. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah, so like, I don't have to understand what he come here for. He this is what I'm saying. Him. And so if we've bought Sterling and said you're going to play week in, week out. Just please, either play him week in, week out, or sell him. And so when I saw us buying Mudrich, and they were telling him, don't go to Arsenal, because you'll have to share the position with Martinelli, you'll play here all week. I was like, okay, cool. I'm trying to do the maths in my head. So it looks like you want to keep Felix forever. You want to get Mudrich. Um, who else? Mount, to be fair. I thought Mount was going to be staying, but that looks like it might be gone. But it just didn't make any sense. But I think with Mount now being deprioritized and Mount seem to be out, that's fine. I just don't like the idea of players like a Sterling who's come to play week in, week out, being squatted. Do you know what I'm saying? But I feel like what he's done now has really kind of shown people, and I think Potter as well, because I think Potter, under, under um, Tuchel, Sterling was the guy. And then Potter came in, and I think he kind of played him a little bit every single way. But now Sterling feels like the guy again. Even seen, even in terms of on the pitch, there's a seniority. And like, um, to be fair, both goals, obviously Havertz hit the post and took it again. But even Sterling, like he fluffed the first one, but got the second one. But like in the box, I, like I think out of all of the players, because I remember a chance fell to Felix. And like he kind of tried to square it in or whatever. If that chance falls to Havertz, they, but they, I feel like there's something where Sterling will just put his laces for it that I trust more than the other attackers. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. Um. <laughs> and so there's something. There's definitely like a skill set that he's got. And like I know Madueke came in and people saw him, but like I think Sterling respect needs to be put in his name in terms of the seniority, and we kind of missed that. Yeah. Um. So yeah, and 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 again, runs in behind. He's still got it. He's still got it, and he's still a danger. And I like how the attack is shaping up. When you said like Sterling, Felix, and Havertz, I think they've all got something. But I still do think we need a striker. But the problem is now we're in a three-four-three because we spent all that money to be a four-two-three-one. Now we're in a three-four-three. <laughs> it's a big mess. 
But <laughs> right now, I don't have to think about that. I just want to think about the Champions League. And Porter's doing well. I think Felix, just quickly on him, I think not everything came off and not, not everything has to come off. Again, like, I think people expect like 10 out of 10s or whatever. To, but I think importantly, a lot of times he got his head up and he played some important through balls that were damaging and that could have, like, I, I don't think anything came from it, but things could have come from it. He was doing damage. I think Havertz was involved in everything good, even down to the penalty. The penalty, yeah. the, the second half started, he punched the ball into Sterling quick. He could have played an easy pass, punched it in Sterling, Sterling out wide to Chilwell, Chilwell with the cross, penalty. Like, do you know what I'm saying? Even the first with, goal... with Yeah, with Felix, we just got to be... um. Like not 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 patient because like he's he's only he's already showing yeah but and he's already shown it exactly but like in terms of <laughs> Felix is gonna like you said Felix is gonna try stuff so I think yeah. just enjoy just enjoy the type of footballer that this he is, is because you know them kind of footballers they they're gonna try stuff they're gonna do things 100%. that you have no you you probably don't even see it coming so I love it like, I love don't it don't get frustrated just just let him continue to be him man because love it we, I love we, it. Jay, do you remember back in the day when Havertz and Ziyech was coming in and I was like, <laughs> I know who I am, but I know I, I also know who the Chelsea fans are. And I was saying that, look, everybody's happy they're saying we're finally going to get rid of Barkley, but I'm someone that could take Barkley because I can, everything doesn't have to come off for me. I can see players take risks. I can see players maybe not have a good game and that doesn't mean they're shit. Do you know what I'm saying? Um, yeah. And I was like, but... With Havertz and Ziyech, you guys are all kind of cheering them, but they're they're not players that everything comes off for. Do you know what I'm saying? They're not like... No, no, and no, so no, I, no. I said to you, I said to you, I said, they're going to turn on them the same way. And they have done. But I like what you're saying in terms of the message because, again, Felix, again, not everything's going to come off. And so don't, I, I wouldn't be surprised if they do, but obviously goals. I think that he might get goals and that might kind of save him. Plus, he's got the kind of whole magic thing. But yeah. as a fan base, we need to be a bit more, I don't know what the word is, but we need to accept risk a bit more. I think from our especially from our attacking players. Yeah, no, definitely, man. I think, you know, it's going to be interesting to see how we go into Leicester. Obviously, like um the league is is very different. And I think this is going to be a big this is just as big a game, in my opinion, in terms of where he's going and the direction he's going in, because Let's see how we adapt from the Champions League and that game being kind of like so open in the end yeah. um, compared to Leicester, who they're going through at the moment. They do try and play football, but, but they won't be probably as open um, as um, Dortmund were. You know so, what it is? That, that Dortmund game, I think it's important to remember that um, until we scored the goals, it, fe it felt like it might be one of them games where it's like, oh, we have all these chances and we're not going to score and they're going to suck a punch. And I feel like for some reason, Chelsea have, like, maybe our luck has changed, but we've been so unlucky with people hitting the posts. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, not yeah, just that, man. not just that game, it felt like it might be like a, a Barcelona game where we had so many chances and the ref wasn't for us until they, he, that ref kind of done the encroachment stuff. Everything felt like it was going against us. But I feel like even before this game, like, Sterling's missing a couple of big chances, just hitting the post. Felix hit the bar the other day. Um, you know what I'm saying? I just feel like I want no more woodwork, please. Whatever <laughs> hex is on the wall, I don't want no more woodwork. Because, but I feel like, again, a lot of those woodworks, if they were goals, they could have been made the difference in terms of people kind of feeling a bit happier. But it just feels yeah. like our luck has been a bit off. 
But I've liked the fact that with these guys, we're creating chances. And honestly, I looked around, even at nil-nil, I looked around, I was like, we're good, you know. Because I looked around and everyone was a good player. Um, but yeah, I think it's been a good one. Uh, we haven't touched on Mount. It's okay. We've got time for that. Um, I don't mind if it goes to rival. Jay, anything else before we close? Nah, man, just hopefully we take the four, we take this, obviously this form into Leicester and, um, and yeah, let's hope we see a, maybe some like consistency there as well. Cause I yeah. think that's, that's probably what, what um, Potter needs to start focusing on now. So as long I as we can do Jay. that. Sorry, yeah. I messaged Jay. I said, you know what? I might start liking your boy, you know. <laughs> Bro, listen, listen, let's wait. Let's wait and see because you know, yeah. it, it, it might be toxic on the TL on the weekend. So. I don't care. You know, I don't care. I don't care about my motherfuckers. I don't care. But here's the thing nah, with man. the plot thing. Again, I don't necessarily know if he's the, the guy that can get wins for us. Yeah. yeah. If you listen to remember, it's not just about getting good, it's about where like we need to get the, the we're trying to be first. You yeah, but obviously there's some patience there as well. But I, I did the yeah. point at the beginning of the season before this was on the two call, and the the lineup against Dortmund was similar to the lineup that I had, and this was before we were even linked to a Felix. We weren't even linked to Fofana at the time. We weren't even linked to. We may have been linked to Kulabali. I had Ait Nuri there rather than um, uh, Chilwell or Kukurela, but. Um, what I like, the way he is with RLC, the way he is with a lot of players and the way he's not necessarily dis disposable of players um, and obviously the way he's able to take things in the press conferences, there's a lot for me to to like about that. But that's more as kind of like a man and me wanting to see a certain team play yeah. as opposed to, I believe that this guy is going to take us to the, the promised land. No, so halfway I'm there, I'm just halfway. I'm not in the Potter's house yet. Nah, that's cold. Oh, 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 it's a big house, bro. Don't worry. <laughs> ah, there's space for me, yeah. He's gonna need it. He's gonna need it. <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna shut the door closed, but I'm not in there. I'm 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 just I'm just I'm looking in Zoopla, seeing if there's any room for it. <laughs> but anyway, man, it's always yeah, a pleasure, Jay. Obviously, you're always welcome back. I'm excited about Chelsea again because before we weren't even scoring goals, but now we're winning games, baby. Uh, yeah, yeah. Right. <laughs> All right, nice one, man. Uh, catch us, guys, next week. Thank you. Sports Social Podcast Network.